Hey Rebels, welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. I'm your host, Ryan Dobson, and today, you know what? No announcements. I'm just going to talk about the program. Today, we are dealing with an incredibly tough subject, and that's the subject of suicide. We have a filmmaker on today. They've done a film called Unseen, and it's very, very powerful. Filmmaker is named M.D. Neely, and I had a really enjoyable time talking to him about this terrible, terrible subject. So without any further ado, here is M.D. Neely on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. I am joined today by M.D. Neely, the director and producer of a film called Unseen. Um, And the topic is suicide. It's a gnarly one, and my goodness, it is everywhere, M.D. Can you tell us the backstory? Why did you decide to do a film on this, a short film? It's 25 minutes. It's brilliant. I wept when my producer walked in. I was bawling um, for a lot of reasons. But give us the backstory. What made you want to tackle this kind of a topic? I mean, this is this is kind of nuts. Yeah, so I work for an organization called Christ in Youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do events and trips and resources for students. And so uh, we, our organization is actually expanding and has now officially opened our first European office in, in Dublin. Mm. So as we were um, just researching, honestly, uh, what's a story that we could tell in Ireland, um, we started chatting with people there and just kind of uh, <laughs> that and a combination of just uh, me Googling things yeah. uh, kind of led us to what would it look like if we tackle this, this topic? Mm-hmm. And initially we were all terrified, um, of, of doing that because yeah. how do you, how do you do that and, and do it well and responsibly and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And so, so really not just tackling the issue of suicide, you're talk, dealing with mental illness and depression and anxiety and family and relationships. I mean, there's so many layers. You, oh, we're just going to talk about suicide. No, you're not. You're going to talk about a billion things. And it's every one of them is a potential landmine. I, honestly, people that haven't seen this yet, and most of you listening haven't, the potential landmines you avoided in the, just the grace that you address this subject. You know, as an interviewer, I was so worried. You know, it was sent to me and I was like, you know, who knows what direction this could go? Mm. Uh, but really, it is so, you just did it with such grace. That's what I keep thinking. It was such, it was so graceful. It was so accepting. There was no, it wasn't accusatory. It wasn't blaming. It was, it was, it's a really beautiful film for a very tough subject. Well, we had the privilege of working with um, a lot of great people, uh, mental health professionals here in the States as well as in Ireland. And so uh, when we went on our research trip, uh, one of the folks that we met was Bob Carley, who plays Alexander. Oh. Um, and so he was taking us around. We were meeting different people. We were meeting mental health professionals in Ireland, people that he's connected with, the different organizations. He took us to a jail. Uh, we, like, met prisoners and were, like, hearing their mental health journeys and all these things. And at one point, uh, we sat down at a cafe and one of our meetings got canceled and, uh, Rob just started sharing about his journey with, with mental health. And, um, 
severe anxiety and depression and uh, marriage issues that he had had and things like that. And he actually lost his wife, um, not to suicide, but of a brain aneurysm. And so he really opened himself up in that conversation and was super vulnerable. And so I'm just like crying. I'm just like a mess. And Eric and I, who is co-producer and who wrote the screenplay, we walked out of that meeting and I was just like, dude, like you, first of all, we have to have a grandfather figure in this film. Mm-hmm. I want to cast that guy. <laughs> like, Was he an actor before this? So he actually, uh, that's a whole nother story that, um, I wish he was here to tell cause he tells it way better than I will. But, um, he gave up acting, uh, back, gosh, I don't know how many years ago, it was several decades ago. Um, he felt like that was, um, at the time something he needed to lay down in his pursuit of God because it was an idol. And so for him, this was like this super redemptive thing where he, like, he felt like God was like, Hey, you can like, you can do this now like this. I want you to, to do this film, to, to do this role. And so he walked alongside us shaping the script and honestly, so much of his experiences and that meeting that we had Mm. found its way into the film. Um, and so, and so we, like, that's how we love to write films is to kind of immerse ourselves um, around people who've um, had an experience and then is either uh, helping kind of affirm things that we've experienced in our lives or shedding light on something that we just really don't know much about but want to take and incorporate into a story. Um, and so uh, that meeting with Rob was honestly like the kind of cataclysmic moment where, we're okay, we, we kind of get where this is where this is headed. And then we went back to the hotel and Eric started writing. And, um, I think we went through about nine drafts before we got to, to where, to where it was. And then we had different, again, child psychologists and things like that. were reading the script to go, Mm. Hey, is there anything in here that's going to be triggering? Like we're going to have tons of students. We're going to have 45,000 students watch this film. Um, and so how, like, how are we, are we doing this well? And that was right on the cusp of 13 reasons why yep um coming out mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. it came out last summer yeah we we were in we were i think we were like it was like the last day of filming or something like that when 13 reasons came out on netflix um so that was all kind of hitting at the, at the same time sure sure yeah you know it's it's interesting because you know students are going to see it if you don't work with kids, there are all kinds of layers and things you have to understand. And when you tell a story, uh, glorifying the pain tends to lead kids to focus on their own pain. And this topic, when you're going to deal with so many kids watching it, you really did a good job. You really, really allowed people to think about their thought process, their actions, what they're capable of doing what you could do today, taking it slow, not making it, you know, we're so used to Amazon Prime and 30-minute TV shows and two-hour movies where the longest it could possibly take to solve a problem is two or three hours or maybe part two next time. And mental illness and depression can be lifetime. Uh, Struggling with thoughts can be a lifetime thing and, and to handle it so gently really, it helps a lot. Mm. Yeah, we we just had honestly countless conversations about that. About listen, we can't. So the we kept hearing from people 
on this side of the pond and in Ireland, like, and mental health is just so messy. Like, do not present this as a thing that can just kind of be tidied up and, and it's done. It's like, you have to let people sit in that. And, um, but at the same time, it's like, you got to give people hope. You got to say, listen, there is, um, things can be better. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is, there is hope for you. Um, but I need you to, I need you to hold on and I'm going to, I'll walk with you, um, alongside this. And I think that's, exemplified in a couple ways through the film obviously is, you know one of the things that keeps getting repeated is you're not trying to fix a person mm-hmm. you know stop trying to fix me uh we were doing a broadcast with uh, a couple of people yesterday on a book called triggers and kids feel resentful when it seems like you're trying to fix them as if you view them as broken damaged they're wrong right. the way they're being is wrong and it didn't do that in the film. You know, the grandpa didn't say to his grandson, what's wrong with you? you right. Know, just, you know, I, I was I was listening to an interview with a guy that struggles with depression. And, and he says, you know, people talk about how, uh, you know, exercise is one of the best things you can do for depression. People are like, you know, if you just get up and work out just a little bit, just work out a little bit. And he goes, you know, hearing that is so mean. He goes, I can remember lying in bed debating whether to get up to go to the bathroom or just go in my bed. And you're saying I should get up and work out. Mm-hmm. What's going on in here isn't like, oh, I'll just work out. That'll make me better. It's it's so much deeper than that. And uh, I can't wait for people to see this. It's so hard. Um, have you talked with people that have experienced suicide in their family or with their loved ones or people close to them? Have they seen that? How do they feel about it when they see it? What are the reactions you're getting from people that have experienced it firsthand? It's a great question. Um, people are generally surprised by, um, I guess the <laughs> it's a, it's I don't exactly know how to say it, but like the lack of cheese, I guess. Um, or I was just gonna. I mean, I was gonna interrupt and say it's not cheesy. It's not cliche. It's not what you were expecting. It meets you where your heart actually is. Yeah, and so like I, I spoke with a guy um, who actually is he's one of our directors, um, so he'll like lead an event, and he was telling me the story of how. Um, <clears throat> he knew that this film was going to be played. And sometimes we have um, directors who will just come in to weeks and kind of MC them. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be getting scripts for different transition moments on stage and things like that. Right. And so he knew that the film was coming up, but he hadn't actually seen it. And so he watched it that week and came out and was, and like completely went off the rails, like threw the script out because he'd had about five people in his own life who had taken their lives. And so he just was like, just lost it. And was just like begging students, you know, like, will you please talk? Like, just like talk. Or if you're not feeling this way, be a person who will listen. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you, you said earlier, people don't want to be fixed. That's right. They just want to be heard. <laughs> they want to know that they're heard. They want to know that they're loved and valued and accepted. Yep. And that yep. it's okay for them to feel this way. And it's like, I'm going to walk alongside you while you feel this. Like I'm not, I'm not just going to leave you or you're not a freak or you're not whatever. And so that same week, uh, when they were like packing up the truck, a youth minister came up to him and said, Hey man, thank you so much for this week. He's like, yeah, it's great. You know, thanks. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. 
um, a girl in my youth group came to move, which is our high school event. Mm. It's called move. came to move to take her life because she didn't want to do it around her mom. Mm. So she came here this week to end her life. And then she watched this film and it opened that door to the conversation. She confessed everything that she was feeling. Mm. Um, and now she, you know, she went home, told her mom, like, is pursuing counseling all right. So like it just, it provides a, an open door to that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been what we've seen as the most powerful part of the film. Um, you know, I, I love making films and that's what I feel like I'm called to do, but I also understand they're at, at some point, like they are films, like they're, they don't save people. You do think that they open up, opportunities for conversations because we get lost in that story. And so it's like, I, I can, I can view that almost at a distance. It's like, Oh, those people dealing with those problems, mm -hmm. but then can turn that and go, well, what about you? Have you ever felt that way? Right. And then it starts to become very personal to me. Um, so that's been something that, uh, has been really positive from the film, but I think the people that we have seen. So another example is, uh, we were screening the film in Ireland for um, schools. Yeah. And uh, in the evenings, we were doing uh, screenings with like uh, mental health leaders and youth workers and things like that. Mm -hmm. so Al at one of the um, screenings who came up to me and said, um, I just want you to know I've tried to take my life. Gosh, how many times did she say? It was like it, it was at least 10 times she had tried to take her life. And she said, I wish there had been a film like this when I was a teenager. You know, and it's interesting. Uh, I see a therapist on a regular basis. I go to counseling. I'm a huge believer in it. I think if you believe in getting an oil change in your car, you should go get therapy and counseling. It's preventative maintenance. It'll help your motor from stopping. And mm. there's a different thing going on in counseling today. Uh, I've been in counseling for a long time. And I remember early on, it would be kind of the pick yourself up by your bootstraps and it's going to be okay and just press on. Uh, mm. And it was a little bit upbeat. Um, let's get you positive thinking. Not all, again, but kind of that general overlaying. Yeah. And I go to my counselor today and he goes, yeah, I bet you're totally overwhelmed. And I'm like, yeah, I'm super, super overwhelmed. And he goes, yep, it's totally normal. You should definitely be feeling exactly like that right now. Mm. And I was like, I should? And he goes, yeah, you can't handle any of the stuff that's going on. You should totally be overwhelmed. These are very, very normal feelings. And that made it okay. Yeah. I can't handle this situation in life. And he's like, you're right. You cannot handle that situation in life. You're totally unprepared for it. And I was like, oh, that's how I feel. He's like, yeah, you should feel that way because it's all true. Did it take my problem away? Nope. Not at right. all. It didn't take my problem away on any level. I just wanted someone to hear me and say, yeah, yeah it's super bad, man. I mean, my wife went no. through cancer surgery and it's right. been so hard. And to have doctors and therapists go, yes. You should be scared, feeling like you might lose your wife and be a widower and a single dad and all these things that keep stacking and piling up on you. Yeah, it's crazy. And you should feel like you're going to break down. And it's okay that if you do. And that's helpful. And this film, it says it's okay to feel bad. 
Lots yeah. of people feel bad. I mean, I was at a retreat this weekend, and uh, there was a dad whose child committed suicide six months ago. And, I mean, <sighs> wow. I was at a funeral earlier this year, and it was a dad that lives on my street, and his parents we're at the funeral and I've never been so struck that a parent should never, never outlive their child. And I met a gentleman this weekend who outlived his child and the depth of pain is incalculable. It is. It's so overwhelming. And it was great to be at this weekend and did not hear anybody tell this guy it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because it will never be okay for him. And mm -hmm. that's all right. It really is. That's okay. You know, I like that you're making that film that you're not afraid to tackle it. I mean, in, especially in Christendom. In Christendom, we are so afraid to talk about things that are scary and awkward and, you know, make people uncomfortable. And to do it, just to tackle it head on with so much grace. Oof, MD, you guys are doing a good job. Mm. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, one of the things that <clears throat> surprised me in doing the research and talking to people is the myth is that if you talk about suicide with someone, it's actually going to push them to like right. closer to the edge. Right. It's going to push them over the edge. If you talk about yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Which, that's why we're so afraid. Like, well, what if I talk to you and then you do it and it's my fault. Right. Yeah. So it's actually that the inverse is true. Um, and so if you talk with someone about it, mm. if you mm. validate their feelings and you tell them I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, again, this is not, I, I'm not trying to say there's like this a plus B equals a guarantee of no suicide. That's of not what not. I'm saying. Of course not. Of course not. But um, the vast majority of cases, it actually pulls a person back mm -hmm. and they go, Oh, it's exactly what you were saying. That's, that's normal. It's normal to feel that way. It's okay to feel that way. I can just have a, terrible day and you're still going to be here for me and I'm still a person worthy of, you know, uh, I still have dignity and worth and value. Like, and so it's the complete, it's just the complete opposite of, yeah. of what we think. And so we met with a priest, um, in a, in a town called Portleash, uh, outside Dublin and he had buried 13 people, um, in the last 12 months. And he said that he said that everyone who's come to him and has talked about it with him has not done it. Yeah, it's the people who won't talk, mm -hmm. who, who close up. They're they're afraid to speak, which is completely understandable. But they don't open themselves up, and then it's too late. Yeah. You know. So as we, you know, this is rebel parenting. So. There may be someone struggling with this issue that's watching us. More likely is we have parents who do or will have kids that struggle with some of these issues, whether it's depression or anxiety or mental health or feelings of suicide. Um, for me, I'm just going to give what I think, and then I want to know what you think. Um, one, you can't ignore it anymore. If a kid says they're thinking about hurting themselves, you cannot say, oh, it's just a cry for help. It is. 
It's 100% a cry for help. And when you hear a cry for help, you have to give it immediately, immediately 100%. In 2018, you cannot take that subject lightly anymore. If you hear anyone talking about hurting themselves or taking their own life, you have to intervene and step in. You have to. Um, And counseling is great. It really does work. I don't know why we have this stigma like, oh, are you broken? Yeah, I don't know who told you you weren't. All of us are broken. My goodness, you can't get better. And by the way, my counselor is a whole lot like a coach. Just wants to see me thrive. Wants to see me you know, doing my best, firing on all cylinders. And whatever way he can figure out to help me mentally get there, psychologically, emotionally, physiologically get there, that's what he's looking for. You know, counseling's great, whether it's with your spouse or with your child or solo. Man, I believe in those things. And listening, man, listening. Talk with your kids. Listen to them. How are they feeling? You know, that's the thing, too, I think, as parents. um, Sometimes we forget kids' feelings are real to them. You know, Mm -hmm. I hear parents of, you know, preteens and tweens and early teens be like, oh, that's just puppy love. That's not real love. Oh, to that little kid, it's the first love they've experienced. Don't belittle it. It's the end-all, be-all for them. Their feelings are a big deal. And also in 2018, feelings are a bigger deal than they were in 1980 when I was was 10. I mean, they are. It's a much, much different time. Psychology is different today. It's more prevalent. Kids are in counseling more. They're talking more. You've got to talk more. What are the other things that you're telling parents, MD? What are the other things you're telling, you know, mental health workers and teachers and youth pastors and people that deal with kids that may come across these subjects? So Rob has a quote, and I love stealing it because it's awesome. He says, um, one out of 10 people struggle with mental health. The other nine are lying. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, I think it just has to be stated that every single person Everyone has mental health. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Uh, and we're complicated people, right? We're mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. We're, we're all of that. And so I think, unfortunately, in the church, it's almost doubly stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, you know, we just kind of like, huh, I don't really know what to do with that. And so I'm just going to kind of, you know, put a Bible verse on it and and, and go on. And obviously – got to interject for a second too. Um Ooh-wee, if you find someone that's struggling with mental health, please don't say those things to them. I mean, for real, please, 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 please. In fact, anybody that's thinking about talking to someone, stand in the mirror and think to your darkest time, the thing that was the worst situation you've ever been involved in, you could not imagine getting out of, and then imagine someone saying these words to you, and would they honestly be helpful? If you read the book of Job, what was the most hurtful thing that Job's friends did, or his wife? They spoke. That's it. They talked. You don't need to. You need to listen so much more. Your little and, – and by the way, I'm pointing the finger at me too. The cliche words, little pat answers, little, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Now I feel like a bad Christian on top of having mental health issues, <laughs> right? That's the whole thing too. I mean, how many people have you heard of that have been told all those? And praise the Lord, we're still here today. But I've heard all those things, and you just look at them like, you don't have any idea what you're saying. I'm so glad I'm not going to punch you in the face right now, but 
It's so hard. Just listen to your kids. Let their feelings be their feelings. Validating feelings is a really important thing. Whether or not you agree with them doesn't matter. It doesn't make it true. They could say, you're the meanest person in the world. You're not. doesn't mean it's true. But validating them, hearing them, understanding them, or saying, I don't understand this, but man, I'm going to try. Mm. Being there is such a huge one. Keep going, yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're saying a lot of really great stuff, so I, I'm not going to repeat any of that. But um, I think for, you know, I I work for a Christian organization. We specialize in doing events and resources for students. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people here, are like you know, used to be youth ministers and things like that. Um, I went to film school, so I'm kind of like a I'm, I'm kind of like a black sheep a little bit. But I do have kids, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. like that's kind of my um, I guess, level of experience. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. so I I think what you're saying is great. And it's like one of the toughest things I think being a parent is when your kid does come to you and say, Hey, this is how I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, and you hear that, like, you know, as a dad, it's like, you just want to fix it. Yep. And, and it's like, well, what can I do to make you not feel that way so that I know everything's fine and I know you're good and I know you're safe, you know? And it's like, um, again, it's like, no, listen, validate their feelings and then ask open ended questions. Um, it just keep them talking, you know, because I think so much of the time when we, um, and I'm, this is me personally, I'll ruminate on something mm-hmm. and actually, um, this is, this is a good plug for, so if you go to unseenfilm.org, you can, you can get the film there for free, yep. but then you can also get all of the resources. Mm-hmm. So if, kind of listening to this going, how the heck am I going to host a thing about mental health and suicide? It's all done for you. There's a sermon guide. There's a campaign. Guide, there's conversation cards. There's a viewer guide. Mm-hmm. There's everything is there. There's also the series of um, mental health minute videos with Rob, who yeah. plays Alexander in the film. And he taught one of them is about ruminating. And basically what we do is we have these thoughts and they just play over in our head and our head and they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow. And they grow. And they're not really growing in reality, but they're growing in our mind. And yeah. so they feel so overwhelming. But when we speak them out, we realize, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a bad situation or that's terrible, but it's maybe not as bad as I was thinking. And then someone can come alongside and go, Hey, I'm, I can, I can walk, we can walk through this together. Like this isn't, this isn't the end. Like I'm going to be here for you. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my favorite lines in the film is he says, you know, no matter how you're feeling, I promise you that I'll be here for you. And and so it's just that with our kids, you know, that's, that's what I constantly tell Mm -hmm. my, my daughter and and all of us as well. I I say all of us, uh, we have five kids, but the two oldest kids, um, uh, go to counseling and then my wife and I do as well. And so we're big fans of it and it's mm-hmm. definitely not like, a um, Oh gosh, you need to go to counseling so we can fix you. Um, my daughter's like, Oh, I want to go talk to so-and-so because I, th- I think she just likes to vent, you know, and, and hear somebody go, man, in your situation, that's a completely legit thing to feel. And her leave and go, oh, okay, I'm not a freak. You know, because I think, again, when you think about it in your mind over and over, there's, and I I think there's some level, I I, I honestly do, and I don't know how this works, (laughs) but at some point, the mental and the spiritual, right, and emotional, Mm -hmm. like everything is 
is overlapped. And I know that Satan wants nothing more than to feed lies into our kids' minds, right? About, you know, you're not really, you, you don't have worth, you don't have value, you know, you know, and that's, again, in the film, there's the story about the wolf of hope and the wolf of despair yes. and feeds, feeds that wolf of despair, you know? And so mm-hmm. I feel like counseling is a really great way to feed the wolf of hope and to have someone speaking truth. And of course, that's what I want to do as a dad is constantly just be speaking truth into my daughter and my son's life. Mm-hmm. Just go to, yeah. well, Oh, like, so good. I love it so much. You do. You, you got to speak the truth into their lives. And, um, it's two things got brought up. It was, it been a little while, but a friend of mine reached out and said he had been feeling suicidal in the past. Hadn't told any of us had gone out to the mountains with a gun and contemplated it. And I just remember writing him back and just saying, clearly, I don't know all the things that are going on, but if you didn't know this, you have to understand, I would be so, so selfishly sad to mm. lose you because of how much you give me, how much you input in my life, how much I feel understood by you and cared for and listened to and loved by you. Oh my goodness, I know this is selfish, but I would be at such a loss yeah. if I didn't think I could call you. I don't know if you know that or not. And uh, when was this? My producer's sitting here, so I was looking at her. Um, it's been a while. I was driving over to my parents' house, and Lincoln and Lucy were in the car with me. It's my son and daughter, and they were a lot younger. And I forget why I was talking to my dad, but it was something that may have gone awkward, and I was nervous about it. My son was asking me, are you nervous to talk to Jimpa? He doesn't call him Grandpa. He calls him Jimpa. And I said, I am. And he said, why, Daddy? And I said, you know, I don't know. And, and I was trying to explain it. He was young, and it wasn't there. And we were silent for a moment, and it just kind of fell on me. If Lincoln was nervous to talk to me, and I found out, if he was somewhere apart from me, needing to get a hold of me and talk to me, and was anxious and was hesitant, mm-hmm. what would I want him to know? And I just... I got frantic because I would want to know there's nothing you could say that I wouldn't want to hear. There's nothing you could, there's no place you could be or feeling you have that I wouldn't want you with me. And it dawned on me, not only does my dad feel that way, but our Heavenly Father feels that way as well. And and I know as an evangelical and as a, as a pastor and a preacher, that sounds cliche. It's not. It really, really isn't. When it says he leaves the 99, that is a bold statement. I mean, if I had $100 bills and one blew away, I mean, I would probably go get it. (laughs) But I have 99 other dollars. I mean, really? If I had $100 million and I lost a million, I don't know if I'd really go look for it. It doesn't – if you have 99 of something and one goes – I mean, I don't know, I guess. But it says he always does, Mm -hmm. you know. Five kids, MD. You're not nearly old enough for five kids. Goodness gracious! <laughs> oh. well, and no wonder you have so much grace, and there were so many layers to it. Because when you have more than one kid, you realize they're born their own way, had nothing to do with you. Oh but man! They've all got their own temperaments and personalities, and we just have to try to figure out who they are and how to love them as best we can. Yeah, and and it's. I mean, again, it sounds cliche to say, but like, my oldest son and oldest daughter are like. You know, I can't even 
you can't see how far my arms are apart <laughs> to show the pendulum swing difference in like personality and, and even how they process things. You know, my daughter, if I can get, if I can crack her open, then it's like, I'll be in the room for an hour and she'll just vomit, you know, her totally. thoughts, and feelings. And then my son, it's like, it, it, I still haven't cracked, you know, it's like, it's so difficult to get him to talk about his deepest mm. hurts mm -hmm. and he's had some really big hurts in his life and to be able to just sit with him like you know we were talking about something the other night actually and and he, and he was like dad it just he's like i don't really want to talk about that it makes me really sad and tired mm. and i was just like you know bud i i hate that yeah. i hate that for you and i i i can't imagine what that feels like you know and and that's all i said you know, it's like the, you can't, Yeah. It, it's not like, well, here, take this pill and everything will be, you know, everything will be better. It's like, I wish that pill existed. Trust me. I, mm. I really I do. Talk but about that too. I really do. I'll jump in. And, and just so you know, from here on out, these are my opinions and my beliefs. They are not necessarily that of MD. Uh, but I do, first of all, I was watching Brene Brown, and I just wanted to tell you, when your kids or anyone comes to tell you something vulnerable that they're in pain about, here's what I say every time, is thank you so much for sharing that with me. Thank you so much. I can't imagine how hard that was. What an honor that you would be vulnerable around me and share that with me. It makes me feel so special. It makes me feel so special. And to tell a kid when he tells you how sad they are, that it makes you feel special, they told you how sad they are, is very confusing sometimes, but they'll get it because that's how much I love you. I love you so much that I can't wait to hear if you're sad. I want to have my heart broken too. When you're sad, I want to be sad with you. That's what I want with my kids. And let's talk about uh, antidepressants and mental health drugs, things like that. Um, I have been on them and I have been off of them what I would say is, and this is my belief, antidepressants absolutely can work and they can help. But I don't believe that using that alone is the best option. Mm. Um, and I don't think it sends the right message to kids if we give them a pill to fix them. You want to go to counseling and you want to go to a psychiatrist and have a medication prescribed, I have no problem with that. Get into counseling on top of it. Start learning the tools because what an antidepressant can do is pick you up out of a place where you have no tools, you can't see any tools, you can't see any way forward and gives you some stability to learn techniques, to gain some tools. Now, might you be on that for lots of seasons? Sure, but not necessarily. But if you don't take the time to learn and grow and to get into counseling and talk about your feelings and figure out where these things come from and learn some of those tools, then we just keep going from one drug to the next and one thing to the next because what we do know about all medication is it doesn't all work all the time and sometimes you have to increase it or decrease it or switch it. And as you go through hormonal changes, you might switch it. Um, keep an eye on it. Talk to somebody about it. Don't just take a drug and pretend like that's going to be okay. Mm. Gain the rest of the tools, you know, and you don't have to. I mean, I don't take antidepressants anymore, but do you have any, I mean, my goodness, Kristen, my producer sitting here, she knows I have to do so much stuff to not be on medication. I have to meditate and work out and eat right. It's so many things. If I mm. slip on any of it, I start to feel bad. 
It's very, very hard. But you can. You can do those things. And there's no stigma. My goodness, don't feel bad about going to counseling or taking medication or whatever it is to get you in the best place you can possibly be. There's no shame and guilt. No matter what, I have a friend that's dealing with death, and his wife was worried that he wanted to take antidepressants. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's looking at death's door, literally. Do you not want to hear how he feels? I have never seen someone transform more than this gentleman. It is a miracle to hear his expression of emotion and feelings at this very difficult time. Mm. Mm. I love hearing you talk to your kids. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's a you know like everything, it's a process mm-hmm. and it's a journey. And so I'm I'm always just kind of reaching out to people who are older and wiser and just like, hey, what? <laughs> like, is this okay to say? Like, you know, what am I? What am, how, how do I do this better? Mm-hmm. And tagging onto what you said, like, you know, I, I have said to my daughter and I said to her recently, like, you know, she she came to me with some stuff and she was very nervous about sharing it yeah she she thought that i was going to be upset Mm -hmm. or disappointed and i just said sis like it took so much courage for you to share that and i said that's incredible like i am so glad that that you that you did that Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) your dad i want to know those things and so um so yeah i'm just kind of retweeting that uh that that idea of just like validating and really encouraging and going like, you know what, that that's a hard thing to do. Cause I think it is a really hard thing to do for kids to, to share their feelings, especially when they're like that extreme yes. because it's like, well, am I going to get in trouble? Am I, is something wrong with me? Like all of those thoughts are also going. And so when they say it and then there's no like judgment, it's like almost like a, like you could feel her body like, you know, collapsing. Um, so that, that's such a big, a big part of it. It is. It is. It is. My goodness. What have we missed MD? What are we not telling our people that we need to tell? What do we want to do before we close this one out? Um, I, again, I mean, I don't, I don't want to over plug it, but just the film is free, you know, please. You can't over plug it. It's just too, it really is. It's so good. It'll be hard to watch, but Oh, it's brilliant. The cinematography is brilliant. The acting is brilliant. Honestly, every aspect of it is really high, high quality. I would not – listen, Chris, I can tell you, I have gotten off broadcasts where we had to pitch something that I didn't think was high quality enough. I would never have you on if it wasn't as good as it is. It really – it's that good. I'm not blowing smoke for sure. Well, we, ha- we had a really, really great team, and a lot of people plugged a lot of hours mm-hmm. and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into not just the film but all the wraparound content. And so I would just encourage you if you are – uh, if you, I mean, gosh, watch it with your kids. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it with my kids and I did the conversation cards and, and there was stuff that came out of that, that I was like, okay, like I'm, that's good to know. And let's follow up this conversation. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I think, uh, you can't, don't assume that everything's fine. And, and not, I, I don't want to like, um, you know, it's like you, you don't live in a constant state of alarm or fear or panic. That's not what I'm saying. But I think what we've seen is just that the film opens that conversation to something that is really hard to talk about with with young people. You know, you don't just walk in a room and go, all right, 
who wants to talk about uh, suicide and mental right. health? Right, right. But if you go, hey, we're going to watch this film and then we're going to talk about it later, you know, um, we've just seen that that has been super positive. So everything is available for um, to set you up to have a really great experience, to have really positive uh, conversations about mental health and suicide. Yeah. So unseenfilm.org is the address unseenfilm.org mm-hmm. yep. you know MD I thought of one last thing for the parent who has older kids that feels like they blew it for a parent who's got an adult child in counseling or therapy and blames them you can say you're sorry it's so mm-hmm. hard I, I, I know people look at me like really really Ryan yes just say you're sorry Man, I blew it. I'm so sorry. When my son was little, I was I was so militant and so rigid with him. I just have to apologize. I did yesterday. I did yesterday. I said, I'm so sorry for the dad I was when you were little. And we have that conversation. Just say you're sorry. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you. If you ever need me, I will be there for you. I'm just afraid. Just be honest. Be human. Your kids are human seeing their parents as human as well it's a good thing it really is it's 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 being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and i think that vulnerability breeds vulnerability um and so i i appreciate what you're saying like i used to have that in my mind too when my kids were younger it's like well i can never screw up they have to know i'm a really good dad and and it's like no they need to know that you're a human being who really messed up and, and needs Jesus because that's the best example you can set for them of why they need the gospel. It is. In fact, and the opposite so. is true. One of the best ways you can share your faith with your kids is to tell them when you blow it and that you're so thankful that Jesus will forgive you too. Yes. That's the best thing you can tell your kids. Man, did I blow it today? Isn't right. it amazing? We have a God that loves us so much he'll continue to forgive us. Yep. MD, I was nervous about this broadcast. Uh, I was. It was a hard film to watch, and it's so beautiful, and I thank you for it. I thank you that you've given me a resource to help the parents that call us when they're in need because this one has been lacking, and my goodness, you've got an A-plus resource. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate your time and and just being willing to to talk about it. I love it. Hey, please. Whenever you're making films, call Rebel Parenting. We love your stuff. I can't wait to see the next one. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh Thank you, Rebels. I appreciate you listening so much. This is a tough topic. If you need help and you want to contact someone, you can reach me at help at rebelparenting.org. Help at rebelparenting.org. Don't suffer alone. You are not unseen. The Lord sees you and we want to as well. God bless Rebels. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week.